Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gavitt Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hanks, and today is July 3rd, 2020, which means I'm on day 202 in a row of 365 promised episodes. It brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, food, sports, entertainment, and all things except politics. A birthday shout-out to a gal I know as Brie, full name Brianna Hernandez, I worked with this gal at Fox Sports San Diego Grill for many years, and I gotta tell ya, she always made my day, because I don't know if she really thought I was this funny, maybe I am, but she laughed at every joke I ever spoke, and she, I think she even laughed sometimes when I wasn't joking, I was just talking, and that was a good way to butter me up, you know, because when people, when I get a good laugh out of people, Nothing excites me more. It makes me feel good to know that at least in this world, I have my comedy and I can make somebody smile and even chuckle. And she loved my jokes and it just made me feel great. And happy birthday to you, Bree. You deserve a fantastic day. She's a hardworking mom. She has just, you know, gone through life in a way that is not like skating through. She didn't never skated by. Whatever she does, she does it great and works hard, and that's something I respect. You know, when we worked at Fox together, I never had a single complaint about this gal. She knew how to ring in her drinks. She knew how to deal with her tables. She knew what she needed to do, and you know, we didn't even have to help her. There was a lot of people there. You would have to help them out. They would get overwhelmed. They couldn't handle the stress. They just... They could not do the job. But that wasn't Bree. Bree can do the job. She could party it up with her friend Kat for days at a time and come back uh, every single day, hungover and still do the work. You know, years later, she kind of grew out of that like all of us did. We stopped partying as much. And she buckled down and did her job just as well. And I, I can't say anything but respect for this girl. And I don't know if she's still friends with Kat, but it used to be her and this gal Kat were like thick as thieves. And they were known as the partying gals, like for sure. I mean, you would not have a bad time hanging out with them. There's no chance. Always a good time. Always a good story to be told by her about what happened the night before. I mean, I love her. She's a great gal. Hope you have a freaking awesome birthday today, Bree. Have a great day. Have a drink on me. And I don't think you smoke weed, but if you did, I would get you really stoned. Yay! Abdul Manap Nurmagomedov, Khabib Nurmagomedov's father, has died, they say, of the coronavirus. Now, the thing about that is, and and it's deeply saddening, I'm very sorry to hear this, but he did die of being in a coma from a stroke that was brought on from the coronavirus, and he eventually had a heart attack. So, stroke, coma, heart attack, COVID? I'm thinking it was one of the first three over COVID-19. But I will say, apparently his father had been struggling with the COVID for a couple of months before this all got brought on, which probably weakened the state of his body to the point where then he, of course, slipped into the coma, and then... You know, he had a stroke or he had a heart attack and all these things. So once again, 
when you're talking statistics of how many people have died from the coronavirus and you take into account the fact that it leads up to these other issues, then I guess you can add him into the column of people who died at the hands of COVID-19, whereas it seems more likely to say it was on account of the heart attack he had because of the stroke that put him into a coma that all stemmed from fighting for two months against the coronavirus. Khabib Nurmagomedov is devastated. The rest of the UFC have been showing their support for him. And, you know, other fighters, his family members have have succumbed to the death grip of the COVID-19 as well. He's not the only one. I will say he is a belt holder to this day. He still holds a belt in his weight class because he hasn't been able to defend it, not being allowed to leave Russia, and that poses a problem. Now, this will definitely be a major setback because if your father dies, the last thing on your mind is fighting in the UFC. So I don't know what this does to the potential future schedule for Khabib Nurmagomedov, but with the death of his father, I can only assume this will stretch out the time in between us seeing him fight again in the UFC, which sucks because I'm super excited to see this guy fight. He was supposed to fight Tony Ferguson. He didn't. Instead, Gilbert Burns did and beat him, which I'm pretty surprised about. And now we're going to see Burns fight again against Usman in on July 11th at UFC Fight Island, which probably also should have been Khabib Nurmagomedov. But it doesn't really matter now because we've somewhat had to think about moving on from Khabib and thinking about other UFC fighters, especially this Saturday being one of the only Saturdays in the past couple months that there is not a UFC event. That is because they're preparing for Fight Island on a, on the 11th of July, so not to worry. One week from tomorrow, we will see the best UFC fight card of all time. I know I've said it before, but this time I am 100% real about this, folks. Well, I was real before, but it just keeps getting better and better. Three title fights in one night, one week from tomorrow. Khabib should have been a part of it. We're sad for your father's passing, sir. Another check mark in the long list of people who have died at the hands of COVID-19. A video is circulating that a guy was able to take of a view of the new Super Nintendo World in Japan with Nintendo and Universal teaming up to for the Universal Studios Japan to create a Super Nintendo World that looks exactly like a level out of Mario. A hundred percent. It looks like you just walk into Super Mario Brothers and you're there. It's got, you know, in sync rotating coins. It's got uh, turtle shells bouncing back and forth between bricks. It's got a giant piranha plant ready to chomp somebody's head as they try and walk by. I mean, this place looks so incredible. They spared no expense for the creation of Super Nintendo World in Japan. Look at the video. It's on Twitter. You, I mean, it only takes a minute, and it will seriously blow your mind. It is incredible, the amount of detail they put into this. Yoshi's in there. You've got hidden pipes going around that you can probably go to a secret level through. This place is so crazy. I mean, if people you know, are on some kind of hallucinogen or something, and they step into this, they will actually believe they've turned into Super Mario. They will, like, have some sort of feeling of, 
insecurity, thinking that now they have to pass this level in order to survive real life. I mean, this thing is as realistic as it can be without actually being in a full, like, suit of 3D virtual reality everything and have, like, your entire body immersed into the world of of Super Mario because that is what this place is. Take a look at the video. It'll seriously blow your mind. The detail is incredible. Each and every time you look left to right, you'll see something new that you'll remember from a Super Mario Brothers game. I can't believe it. Fantastic job so far, Japan, coming through with the Super Nintendo World and Universal Studios. I, I feel like it's a, worth a trip to Japan just to see this place when it's eventually done. I always planned on going to Japan eventually anyways in my lifetime just to, you know, just to go there. It's a, it's a whole different world and it's a part of Asia that I would feel safe enough to visit without being hated on. There's some people in China that don't like us that much. Either way, I'm not going to Korea. I'm not going to Vietnam. I'm not going to Cambodia or Myanmar or any of those places. I would much prefer Japan anyways. And now on my stop for sure when I get there. Super Nintendo World, Universal Studios, Japan. Folks, it's time for another TikTok food trend. I hate to say it, but this thing has taken the internet by storm, and it is Chili Gushers. Yes, I'm not kidding. Not like chili you would think of from Texas. I'm talking like spicy Gushers that uh, apparently the Mexican condiment Chamoy can get poured into a bowl of Gushers, add a bunch of tahine or just chili powder of any kind, pretty much, and probably salt and lime salt, stuff like that, and mix it all up until you have a big spicy bowl of Gushers, which I find the concept to be absolutely disgusting. Known on the internet as Dolces Enchilados, it does look like enchilada sauce with candy in it. I mean, ah, Gushers already are questionable as a choice of something to eat because of all the just unnatural look to it. I mean, artificially flavored and colored and it just has like juicy something in the middle of it. Nobody really knows and half of them are exploded by the time you get to the package anyways. So you don't really get that whole gushing feeling of chewing them in your mouth. But either way, when you add chamoy and tahine to it, I'm saying no, sir. I already get indigestion from a handful of gushers. The rest of the day, I'll have acid reflux. If you add chamoy and tahine, I'm on the floor rolling around for hours eating Tums. I do not understand people's solid metal brass, you know, like titanium guts that they're allowed to handle this stuff or able to handle this stuff with no problem and no acid reflux. It's just crazy to me. I, I don't live that style of life. I can't even have anything relatively spicy or the rest of my day is ruined, much less a super artificially flavored preservative packed candy thing that is swimming in a bowl of spice. Now, I never was a person that could understand why candy, Mexican candy is called candy at all because it's not, it's not candy in my opinion. Candy is Snickers and Kit Kat bars and if you have to go gummy style, I'm going Skittles and Mike and Ikes and things like that. But candy is not a chunk of dried up mango rolled around in a bunch of chili powder 
and then you chew on it and get your mouth on fire the whole time. Like that, that That's not candy. I don't understand it. Candy is not a powdery disc of peanut butter flavor like that, whatever those things are called. I don't even remember, but, you know, I've had them before. They're actually not terrible. It's just not candy, all right? None of that's candy. Most of the things in the candy aisle in a Mexican supermarket that are from Mexico, the candies, to me aren't candy at all. It's just a bag of heartburn or burnt mouth or just not things that I grew up thinking were candy. I mean, I've seen people take those little packets of like soury lime salt stuff and that's supposed to be candy and they just pour it in their mouth. Well, that's a first trip to, you know, that's a one-way ticket to not only heartburn, but probably a heart attack. Clogging up your arteries with pure salt. I don't get it. I never will. Most people enjoy it. Nothing against it, you know. Don't get me wrong. They sell. People love that stuff. Chamoy covered everything. People love it. I'm the odd man out here. I hate it. I think it's terrible. And this TikTok trend of dolce and gelados sounds disgusting to me. I'm a routine person. You know, I routinely do things and I don't like to break my routine. You know, you got to have something to spice your life up. Go somewhere new or eat something different or add an ingredient to your usual dish that you make, something like that. But as far as routines go for me, I cannot sleep unless I have showered, flossed, and brushed my teeth no matter what. Those are things I must do. And I have other routines too before I go to bed. Chapstick on my super eventually dry lips because my wife and I like to have the fan on us even when it's not hot. And then I just cover myself with a bunch of blankets. It's stupid. But routines, I'm telling you. I routinely do these things before I go to bed. I put a, you know, this sort of hand lotion stuff on my cracked, dry hands because... I don't know what it is about my hands, but living in Southern California, they just turned into a mummified couple of hands that look terrible. So I got to put on this stupid lotion every night. I got to stretch before I go to bed. Can't sleep without stretching. Don't know why, but I cannot do it. There's these things I can't do or I can't sleep unless I do. And I, you know, I'm, I'm a fanatic about this stuff. I can't help it. But my wife's not the same at all. She can shower or not shower. She can brush her teeth or not brush her teeth. She can just walk into the room fully clothed, lay on top of the bed sheets and pass out. No problems at all. Phone hanging on the edge of the bed, you know, connected to the charger so that when it falls, it's going to swing against the wall and smash into it. Like no worries at all. No stress in her mind. Doesn't even care. I would lay there the whole time thinking, you know, like I lay there thinking about her phone and how it might fall, and I can't fall asleep. I have to get up, walk all the way around to the other side of the bed, take her phone out from underneath her, and place it up on the, you know, on the space next to the bed, and then I gotta wrap her up in stuff, and maybe try and at least take off, like, one of her articles of clothing so she doesn't wake up sweaty or something, or, like, wake me up because it's too hot, and she pushes all the covers off. I mean, I have all these little things I must do and I'm the one that's cl crazy, clearly. I'm crazy. I can't help it. But I cannot sleep without these things. 
You know, the, these routines and these preparations, I have to fluff my pillow before I can lay on it, because if I lay on my already flattened pillow from the night before, then it's not comfortable to me or something. I don't know. What is my problem? I have no idea. But, you know, that's that's me. That's who I am. And to people that have no routines and can just flop around all day, including my wife, she can sleep anywhere. On a plane, on a bus, in a car, on the couch, in the bed, sideways, long ways, anyways, curled up. You know, she can sleep in that weird position where you're like on your stomach with one arm out and one leg kind of, one knee kind of bent, but the other one straight up and... You know, I just can't do any of those things. I have to be in the same exact position, too, when I sleep. What's wrong with me? I don't know. But I'm a man of routine, and I like it that way. And when you throw something in the mix that throws me off, like last night, my dog pissed and shit all over the house because we forgot to put her in her cage, and she wanted out, but we couldn't let her out in time for her to do her business. And usually when we keep her in her cage at night, she won't pee her shit. Because she's stuck in her cage and she doesn't want to sleep next to her own pee and shit. But if she's out of her cage, she thinks, oh, no big deal. I have all this space. I'll just go poop and pee right in the middle of the living room and then go back into my cage to sleep. And that's her choice. Luckily, last night, my wife being in the non-routine version of sleep she was in, she heard the baby cry. She got up. She started breastfeeding her, went out to the living room, smelled the poo, started to clean up everything, got it all done before I even woke up. Thank God for her. But I tell you, if that had been me out there and this waking up to clean up poo and pee and wipe it all up and get the dog back in and all those things, I would have not been able to go back to sleep done. I'm awake at that point. There's no chance. You know, I'm, I'm like crazy about it. I'm one of those people, if I'm thinking about a flight the next day, if I know I'm flying out somewhere and I really need to get some sleep because I'm going to be waking up at like 5 a.m. to fly out and I really need to get some sleep. So I'll go to bed early at like 10 and then I'll lay there for hours and hours and hours thinking about the fact that I really need to get sleep and that'll cause me to not sleep. I don't know what my issue is, folks, but I am that way. If you're like me, you understand it. If you're not, you are so lucky. Enjoy your non-routine life. Folks, it's already time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast I'm certain you've all been waiting for, and that is Real Stories, brought to you by Peter Timothy Hankst. And Barbecusion, that's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. Today, folks, I am going to tell you the story about when I actually got married basically at my own job. Yes, I know, this sounds crazy, but when I was working, speaking of Fox Sports San Diego Grill, when I worked with Bree, when I was working there, I it was located at the San Diego Bayfront Hilton which is just the most beautiful hotel you've ever seen in your life. It's right smack dab on the bay in San Diego downtown with views of Petco Park and, you know, Coronado Island and the Navy base and all these things. It's just right in the mix of all the best things that San Diego has to offer. And right there at the bottom level, at the street level, was Fox Sports San Diego Grill. And outside on the patio of the actual restaurant, it faced an open area, a courtyard, if you will, of sorts, that was so perfect and so beautiful, 
it was exactly what somebody would want for a wedding venue. And at first it wasn't the same. There was like steps down to this open area and it was all concrete and it wasn't that nice. But they revamped it and right after they finished like pouring in new concrete, putting some grass out there and putting all these nice... You know, this nice architecture all around to make it just a really cool place to hang out. As soon as that finished, I was the first person to get married in the new area, 100%, before it seemed like every single person on the planet decided also to get married in that area. And I thought I was, like, special. I was like, man, nobody's ever going to think about this. You know, this is a great idea. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I'm sure I'll never see a wedding here again. Yes, I did basically once a week, but I was the first. And the cool thing about this was, was, so my brother was a manager at the Hilton, and my wife was a manager at the Starbucks, and I was a bartender at the Fox Sports San Diego Grill right there. So I had a hookup like you would not believe. I mean, we had a gigantic wine and cheese display out there for the before ceremony scenario and flowers all over the place because we knew the flower guy for the Hilton and he went all out and we had you know just free drinks for every single person because we knew all the bar staff and all the you know the distributors and everybody was our friends too and all the decorations you could imagine like they pulled out all the stops I never saw a wedding as beautiful as mine in that area ever again even people that were filthy rich couldn't pull it off because I had every connection and hookup you could imagine. And after the ceremony, we went up into the Hilton and had a full, like, four-course meal of everything you could imagine. They asked me to choose if I wanted fish or, or beef that night, you know, and I went to a tasting. And I liked them both so much, they did both of them for us instead. And, I mean, they, there was things I never even had had before. Polenta cakes and caviar and things that I tried that actually didn't ask for on the on the menu because I didn't want them they were disgusting but the the beef and the salmon and the desserts and the you know appetizers everything you could imagine was so spot on and perfect it was as high class as you could get it was about a $50,000 wedding and I only paid 10 grand because I got the hookup we got a master suite that was a honeymoon suite at that at the exact Hilton that night Inside, there was rose petals everywhere and heart-shaped boxes of chocolates and champagne and just things you couldn't even imagine. They pulled out all the stops, like, to the highest possible degree for us. And I'll never forget how nervous I was and they had me walk up to where I was going to get married during the ceremony from this corner spot, which was right next to where the outside section at Fox Sports was if you wanted to sit outside and face the water and face the area where I was getting married. I was right at that corner spot and as I was about to walk up to the music and get ready to see my bride come out after I, you know, reached my destination up there, I was flagged down by my co-workers and I'll never forget Ben Early is the name of the gentleman who I I learned so much from as a bartender at Fox. He taught me a whole ton of stuff. And this guy, he was bartending that day. Fox was open. They didn't close it, of course. Why would they close it? It was, my, it was just my wedding. It doesn't mean anything to them. But it was still open. And they were kind of slow that day. 
So he runs outside with a huge glass of whiskey and passes it to me right before I walk up to get married. He's like, hey, man, I know you're nervous. Here's a huge glass of whiskey. And, you know, at the time, I really didn't, I don't even drink right now. I just don't drink. I, I never, ever drink. I hate it. It makes me feel terrible. I enjoy the feeling of being drunk, but it, to get to that point, it's not worth it to me. I always feel way worse than any other person. Most people enjoy both things, the drinking and the getting drunk, not me. I hate it. So I felt obligated. I was like, all right, I'll take this, the whiskey, you know, whatever. I don't want to be rude. So I slug this huge cup of whiskey. And I hadn't even eaten all day. We'd been setting up for this wedding, getting the DJ all ready, getting the, you know, everybody all in line, everybody who traveled from Texas, Oregon, Washington, everywhere, to get them all there and ready. And I was about to black out after that huge cup of whiskey. But it did help because my nervous level... Nervousness level went down, and I, I loosened up, and as I walked, or stumbled, I should say, up the aisle to see my bride, she came out looking so beautiful, my knees got weak, I couldn't believe I was about to marry this girl, all my wildest dreams came true, I had a skinny, hot, blonde American woman, sassy, sexy, amazing in every way, hard worker, I couldn't believe I was lucky enough to have this gal walking down an aisle in the prettiest dress I've ever seen towards me to just promise that she would be with me forever. It was amazing. And I got to say, I almost fell apart. And she walked up. We said our I do's in front of everybody at my work who was working that day. They all gathered up at the window to watch. It was crazy. And I'm glad they got to enjoy it with us because I would have liked to invite everybody. But, you know, the wedding was expensive as hell. It was something like a couple hundred bucks per person already just to, like, get the food and the drinks and the open bar and all the stuff we had upstairs in the party and with the DJ and the music and all. The, it was crazy. And everything went off without a hitch except for the, of course, hitch of getting married, the classic joke. And it was seriously... A wedding out of a storybook. The sun began to set on the San Diego Bay at the Bayfront Hilton in front of crowds of people. Everyone in their hotel rooms on the in the windows facing the courtyard, which is like I'm talking hundreds of hotel rooms, were able to watch and witness the beautiful transition of us going from boyfriend and girlfriend to man and wife. Once and for all, we waited years to do it so we could have a magical moment like this. And I tell you, folks, it was amazing. I'm glad to share it with you. I'm glad you got to hear the story of my actual day of marriage. And I appreciate you listening to the Peter Gabbett podcast today, folks. It means the world to me to have listeners like you. Thank you. Have a fantastic day. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Now, folks, since I'm getting all mushy and talking about the day of my wedding, I figure I'll play a love song that we all remember as long as we're over the age of 30. And I can't forget this song because it means a lot to me and my wife. She may not even know this, but it does mean a lot to me because every time I hear it, I think about her. Actually, every time I hear about any R&B love song from the 90s, it reminds me of her just because she knows all the same jams as me. We grew up listening to the same stuff. Here is I Swear by All For One. I swear by the moon and the stars in the skies. 
And I swear, like a shadow that's by your side. See the questions in your eyes. I know what's weighing on your mind. You can be sure I know my part. Cause I stand beside you through the years. You'll only cry though. Dreams with these two hands will hang some memories on the walls. And when just the two of us are there, you won't have to ask if I still care. Oh